When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Okay, is everybody ready? Everybody wound up? Everybody revved up? Everybody fully informed? Well, no, you're not fully informed because you haven't uh, yet heard the program today. But I know what's coming. You'll soon be aware of what's coming because you're going to hear it. Let's get going. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday. Yes, sir. Is Mr. Snurdly in? Oh, there you are. I didn't know where you were. Couldn't figure out where your head was. I said, no, no, it can't be. Anyway, we are revved and ready. Open line Friday. Rush Limbaugh here at 800-282-2882. The email address, lrushbow at eibnet.us. Trump had another rally last night in central Wisconsin. Folks, the guy was in the zone he was just seamless. He was moving from ad lib and and uh, impromptu right back to the teleprompter seamlessly. He was in such a wonderful mood, a great mood. He was hilariously funny, deadly serious when called for. Um, there, there was, I got to say, at one point, Catherine literally stood up and started applauding. Uh, and by the way, you need to know something. She is not sycophantic when it comes to, when when Trump is not doing well in her mind. She she will tell you. So it was uh, it was last night it was just it was it was great to watch. And over on the other channel, here is Biden with the drive-in town hall. The contrast between the Trump town hall on ABC and the Biden drive-in town hall last night. I, it is so dramatic. It is so obvious that. Average viewers have to be able to tell and discern the difference. 
but I'm not going to trust it to that. I'm not going to leave it up to that. We're going to have a little bit of review of the Biden town hall. Let me check something here. I got the audio sound bites. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we got some of Biden last night. The CNN people convinced he did so well he proved he's not got dementia. Uh, that he's that he's not senile. Um, tantamount admission that they're all worried about it. I also, during the course of the program, I'm not sure when, I want to share with you my my assessment of where we are at the moment. And it will be a bit of an expansion on um, at this assessment that I actually began yesterday, uh, where we are uh, at the moment. We're, we're reaching the stage of the campaign where I am now the recipient of numerous inquiries. So, Rush, tell me, are you really confident or are you really worried? So, Rush, tell me, what's your sense of things? Where are we right now? So, Rush, are we going to win this or are we going to lose it? What do you think? This is about the time that begins. It's always there. I mean, people are asking me this one way or another throughout the busy broadcast year. But we're getting to that point in time where we are less than two months away from the actual election, where the inquiries come in a little bit uh, more frequently and with much more fear and concern behind them. Boy, I have a great piece today that I hope I'm able to do justice. Our buddy Lee Smith, who was one of the early journalists to expose the entire coup that was the Trump-Russia collusion story, is out with a piece that explains why the hatred for Trump. And it's not so much hatred, he says, it's fear. And it really, he said, it, it, his investigation has led him to conclude that it really isn't due to the fact that Trump's an outsider and that their establishment wonks. And uh, although there's that, that's a factor, he says it's all about China. He says that you, he says, we would not believe the number of Americans in the military at the Pentagon. He names names who have become independently wealthy via payments from China. Their entire families have been set up. Their futures of the kids they have are set up. And here comes Trump attempting to inflict great harm on the Chicoms as an enemy of the U.S. when so many Americans, including former ranking officials in previous presidential administrations and at the Pentagon, have already sold out to the Chicoms for money, for personal aggrandizement. And it makes great sense. It prints out to six pages, and normally we go through these, and I, I mark them up by highlighting just those aspects that convey the central... This was impossible to mark up. I mean, the whole thing. It, uh, it appears where Lee Smith writes for a place, a website called Tablet. So there is, uh, there's that uh, to get to today. The audio soundbites of the Biden town hall. Uh, Trump last night, again, I just say, was, was uh, I, 
there's nobody can do what he does. There isn't a soul that can do what he does. In politics or out, I think there's no stand-up comedian can compare with him right now. Because stand-up comedians are afraid. Stand-up comedians are afraid of political correctness. They're afraid of audiences. They're afraid of offending uh, the left. So you can't make jokes about the left. And all their jokes about us are old and tired and worn out. Now, there's no new material about Trump to make them. Plus, people don't want to laugh at Trump. People hate Trump or scared to death of Trump. It really is a fear thing. Then I got, I got a note today. Uh, as I told you, I am the tech go-to guy in any group of people that I'm a member. So I got from a, a staffer today, one of the highly overrated, overpaid staffers, sends me a UK daily mail. I'm just kidding about that. Snurdly knows he's laughing in there. It's a UK Daily Mail story and says, Staffer sends me this. The headline, iOS 14 update displays an orange dot to warn if someone is listening in. And I looked at that and I said, this is just unconscionable. That's not what this is. This furthers this notion that anybody and everybody can listen to your conversations on your phone and that Apple has now found a way to let you know when it's happening. And that is not happening. It's very hard for somebody to get into your phone and make that happen. That's why we constantly tell you about uh, Norton 360 and having VPN so that nobody can get into your devices. But this is... This is a purposeful attempt by, and I like the Daily Mail. I really like them, but this is irresponsible. What Apple has done here, it's part of their privacy push. They want you to know when the microphone is on. And so, if you're dictating, that orange light is going to go. It's the upper right-hand corner of the screen. And if the microphone is on, after you have turned it on because you are dictating... Or if you are using Siri, the light will come on, and it's just to tell you that the microphone is on. It's Apple's attempt to keep you as informed as possible about how your phone is functioning. This headline, iOS 14 update displays orange dot to warn if somebody's listening. No, it's going to display this orange dot 99% of the time when you are using the microphone. Folks, the number of times that a stranger or a criminal or a bad guy can get into your phone or your iPad and start listening to you is so tiny, infinitesimally small, you couldn't make a statistic out of it. It happens, but it's not not to the degree this this headline's irresponsible. There are already enough paranoid people out there who think that the Tricoms and that big tech and all these uh, developers that write these apps are out there monitoring you and listening to you and watching you. And I'm sorry, folks, but we just aren't that important to that many people. It's possible, but there are steps you can take to make sure nobody ever gets into your device. Norton 360 is an example, a VPN there's an, if the light turns green, by the way, it means your camera is on. So that we can expect a headline, iOS 14 update displays green dot to warn if someone is watching you change clothes.
It's nothing more. And look, I'm not a fanboy for Apple here. I'm just trying to be honest. I, 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 I hate scaremongering like this. I hate these these unjustified attacks. Look, there's plenty. You want to go out and attack Apple. There's plenty of stuff you can attack them on. But not this. This is this is actually their attempt to keep you more informed about how your device works. So you you turn on dictation. You hit the microphone button and the keyboard. You're responding to a text or an email. The light is going to, it's a tiny little light. It's going to turn orange and it just tells you the microphone's on. And 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, it's going to be because you are using it, not some outsider. And the same thing with the camera. If you make a FaceTime call, if you take a picture, selfie, if you, anytime you turn the camera on, it's going to turn green. It's new with iOS 14. It's simply their attempt to keep you uh, more informed. So, I'm, I, look, I wanted to get that out of the way because it's just, you know, this tech stuff is... Um, uh, so so misunderstood, and it is it is used to keep people so paranoid, and it, it fuels other conspiracy theories. Look, big tech is 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 worthy of all kinds of suspicion, but what you need to be worried about big tech about is their association with China and their unfair search results, and the fact that they are totally biased and discriminatory against you if you are a Republican or a conservative. Not that they're listening into you. They don't need to. They can read what you're typing in if they want to go that way. If you're searching Google, for example, they have to listen to you, and they're not. And the same thing with the, uh, with the camera. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, the, the, Trump is mocked for being a, an idiot. You know, he's a buffoon. He's a, he's a boob. You can't do what Donald Trump does and not have a superior intelligence. You can't do what he did last night. You can't go out and do one of these 90-minute, hour and 15-minute rallies, keep people glued to what you're saying, keep them glued to their seats. I can do it. Very few people can. It's a natural ability. It's not something that you can be trained to do because it depends on your charisma. It, de- it depends on your likability. depends on your personality. And you can, you can be hated and still attract people. Uh, but Trump doesn't go down that road. He's just the exact opposite. You cannot do what he does without having a really superior and highly developed uh, intelligence and uh, and knowledge base. It's it re- it really. When I say he was in the zone last night, he was in the zone, and there's not a soul in that town who can do what Donald Trump did last night or any time he does one of these one of these rallies. Uh, wait, John Kerry, John effing Kerry, John Kerry is Secretary of State for Barack Hussein O. He's a guy that ran around. He made the Iran deal. He's a guy running around telling the Iranians you need some cash. We got the cash. He's the one that ran point for Obama on the Iran nuclear deal. He's out there. And he's telling everybody that uh, we can trust Iran. Um, That's not about nukes uh, or any of that. John Kerry got played big time. So grab audio soundbite number one. I had this yesterday. I didn't get a chance to get to it. 
but this is a perfect time, a perfect transition. This was four years ago, December 4th, 2016. John Effing Carey is at the Brookings Institution's Saban Forum. And this is what he said about the possibility of Arab-Israeli peace without the Palestinians. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. Well, then, how did Donald Trump just do it, Mr. Kerry? See, John Kerry is one of these... He's, he's a great example of the arrogance and the condescension, the personality type of your average inside-the-beltway snob. So he's Secretary of State. He's never qualified to be that. He's one of these people that thinks he's the smartest people in whatever room he's in. And... Obama wanted him out of the country because he's such a bore. So he makes him secretary of state. He runs around doing this stuff that he did. But this is exactly what Trump did. Trump exactly came up with a peace deal involving Israel and the Arab world. That's got nothing to do with the Palestinians. In fact, it's based on acing out the Palestinians. And here's John Kerry, and he's not alone any number of secretaries of state who preceded him all believed it wasn't possible. Everybody believed the Palestinians had to be included. They had to be given their own state. The state they were going to be given had to be a large chunk of Israel. There would never be a deal. And Trump has come in and just smoked these people and, and rendered everything in their diplomatic repertoire irrelevant and stupid. I told you I spent a lot of time earlier this week on the importance of this, how getting this done without the Palestinians was such a big deal, how Clinton tried to involve them, gave them everything they wanted, and they ran away from the deal, Yasser Arafat. The thing you have to understand, the Palestinians are the Middle East equivalent of American minorities. They are the recipients of constant sympathy. They are... The uh, they suffer from the, the soft bigotry of low expectations. They feel sorry for them. They're incompetent. They're a bunch of boobs. They can't do anything. They have to be looked out for. Uh, and nobody wants them in the Middle East. But John Kerry was just shown to be an absolute fool and a know-nothing. And nobody will call him out of it except people like me on this program. We'll be back. Hang on. Talent on lawn from God. Rush Limbaugh and the EIB Network. Last night's Biden Town Hall, it really was a, um, it, it was nothing momentous. It was, it was, it was really bad. Nobody, nobody is breaking it down. The Democrats are so hell-bent on power. They had to jettison the entire field for this guy. They, 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 23 people ran for this nomination. This is who they ended up with. There wasn't a one of those 23 who lit it up. Stop and think of this. 
the first one out of the race was Kamala Harris. She got out before a single vote was cast. There was no enthusiasm for any of those 23 people. There is no enthusiasm for Biden. What Biden has going for him is he's the guy who has the D next to his name on the ballot. They dumped the gay guy for this old man. They dumped the angry woman. They dumped the insane woman. They dumped the communist because of the dementia old man was the best choice they had. They got rid of the fake Indian. They got rid of the nutcase who believes in climate change, Tom Steyer, who's blown billions of dollars on it. Biden is the best they could come up with? No, Biden is the vessel that allows the real powers behind this party to run it. Hi, welcome back. It's great to have you. We wrap up yet another exciting, busy broadcast week. I'm not kidding. If you stop and think, the Democrat Party, there were 23 people that sought that nomination. They they had to do their debates over two nights at first in order to get them all in. Not a one of them, folks, jazzed the Democrat Party base. Not a single one of them. They had to ultimately turn to... Uh, to Joe Biden, who, as uh, best anybody can tell, genuinely does have dementia. But what he offers, what he offers is an opportunity for the real powers that be who were unable to get the nomination, the people that were unable to fire up the base, to nevertheless end up running the party. That's what the nomination of Biden gives them. Biden's eager to make that deal. He knows he's not going to be in office long. Resume feather in the cap, but but that's about what this is going to lead to. And it's it's a major I've tried to tell people we're we're being um victimized here by tremendous act of deceit. An intricately woven web of deceit. People who were rejected by Democrat voters, are now the people running the Democrat Party, pulling the strings, if you will, behind the Biden campaign and what will be the Biden administration. Now, it's kind of strange to say that they're so power hungry because that's the definition of people in politics. But believe me, they are. Our people are not nearly as power-hungry as theirs are. I mean, our people are happy to lose if they do it with honor. The Mitt Romneys, the John McCains, and that, that wing of our party, very happy to lose. Lose with honor. A great, great thing. It shows that you have manners. It shows that you have character. It shows that you have dignity and class. It also shows that you're a flat-out loser. So these people on the left, they are the utter definition of power hungry. And they are putting Biden through the rigors of hell. In one sense, you could call what's happening elder abuse. Biden would not join you in the uh, in the allegation, so it would it would it would not go anywhere. 
Last night, Joe Biden was holding that mask of his like it was a life vest. And uh, the Wolf Blitzer announcing that uh, he'd been tested, they still stood 10 feet apart. And I was thinking last night, Snurdly, you'll appreciate this analogy. This was kind of like a virgin being terrified of getting an STD in a room full of virgins. That's how Biden appeared. He's afraid of getting an STD. He's a virgin afraid of getting an STD in a, in, a, in a room full of other virgins. Question after question, he was unable to actually answer the question. He went off on weird tangents, but he did stand there for the time it took to do that town hall. And that gave them the opportunity to say, look, the guy doesn't have any dementia. He's not suffering. He was able to stand up for whatever length of time this thing lasts, an hour and a half. And that is a win for the Democrats. He didn't answer any questions. That's also a win for the Democrats. A woman, a potato farmer. I don't know how the woman got in there because potato farmers are not part of the Democrat constituency anymore. But this, this woman who is a potato farmer asked about regulations. Biden told her that he would have to get into... She'd have to get into chicken manure, chicken litter, to survive because we're going to be using chicken crap for energy. So she's going to have to get out of potatoes and get into chicken manure. That was his suggestion to her. Then he goes off on how Trump hates veterans, which has been utterly debunked. He did it by trying to connect his son's death to being a vet. This is to show his empathy to vets, get people to feel bad for him for the loss of his son, emotional connection. But nobody actually points out the facts. His son deployed in 2008. His cancer diagnosis was 2013. His death and his service are unrelated, but plugs may not even know that by now. So... Let's get some audio sound bites in here. This is the drive-by media deciding that the CNN town hall proved for once and for all that Biden is not senile. You had Joe Biden doing what he does best, really undermining this argument that he isn't up to. He really shined tonight. It was a very strong performance. It was energetic. It was crisp. It was forceful. One-on-one is his format. This is his format. This is where he excels. He can empathize. He can be strong. One of the things that you saw in this is Biden's ability to just stand there and answer questions in a coherent fashion. He was coherent on the issues. He appeared to have been briefed. Obviously, Joe Biden is not senile. Yeah, obviously, Joe Biden knew the questions that were coming, and the questions were softball. Trump is right. The questions are questions you would ask a child. That's the best description of the questions Biden gets anybody I have seen. They are questions that you would ask a child. So here is, this is a montage. Let me see. This is, I got to skip number three because I don't know who it is about. 
Uh, let's see. Well, wait a minute now. No, I tell you, let me grab a phone call. I need to find out. What, soundbite three? Who is it about, Biden or Trump? In the meantime, Taylor in Greenville, South Carolina. Greetings and great to have you with us on the EIB Network. Hello. Hey, Rush. Mega prayers. Um, I'll get right to the point. But you made a point yesterday that uh, college-educated white millennial women are not interested in masculinity and don't find it to be attractive. And that's not what we're interested in. And... I am a college-educated white woman, and I am in my 20s, and I find the men around me to be completely unattractive. I look for men that have masculine traits, that have that confidence that you were talking about, like you have and like Trump has. Well, that, so you know, are... that came up yesterday, and it, 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 somebody called and said, no, no, women do want that, Mr. Limbaugh. This is why they're having to find men that are much older than they are, because the men that are near them in age are not exhibiting confidence or masculinity to one degree or another. You know, Rush, it's so funny you say that, because I had to marry a man in his 40s to find that. Um, And I'm 27. And, you know, it took finding somebody a lot older than me that's, you know, from Central America, from, I mean, from Oklahoma, to find somebody that has those traits, because none of the men in my age group had what I was looking for, and I find it to just be totally unimpressed. So you you agree you all. agree with the premise then that masculinity, uh, male masculinity, is something that we are missing uh, in in today in the current generation, millennial generation, in men, and that it's a problem. Oh, I absolutely would agree with that. When I was in, and I mean, I went to a public university and went and got my graduate degree as well, and in both of those settings. The men were just, they lacked that confidence. They didn't have the voice. They acted like they were walking on eggshells, like they didn't know what they thought about anything. And just, I mean, I've, and yeah, it is. Well, a in we their defense, I'm, look, I, in, in their defense, they have been told by other women if they spend any time watching television or going to the movies, you can't blame them for thinking that the kind of guy you're describing as attractive, they don't want any part of. They they have been instructed that masculinity is bad. They have been told that in their natural state, uh, that they're unattractive, that they are barbaric, they're mean-spirited, um, they're uncaring. They don't ever talk about their feelings. And men will always... With not, nine out of ten men will always change or try to to be what they think women want. That's the way of the world. That's been going on since before there was a Democrat Party, Republican Party. That's just the way God made us. It's why I've always it's it's, it's why I've always believed women in a civilized society are the ones who ultimately have the power. It is men who are constantly adapting and trying to change in order to be what they think women want. In fact, I remembered, I was reading uh, back in the 70s, I was reading one of these uh, self-help books for men, you know, how to get women or whatever it was. And one of the pieces of advice was to go out and get a bunch of women's magazines 
and turn to the sections that, that women are reading on where to meet men and find out where you're supposed to be and go there. So if, if you're supposed to be at a bar, go there. If women are being told that the museum is a great place to meet men, then, then hightail it to the nearest museum. But, but this was not a joke. I imagine a number of you are laughing uproariously out there. I did when this when this happened. But the line was, go get a bunch of women's magazines, find out where you're supposed to be, and go there. Men, Snurdly agrees with me on this, <clears throat> and he is an expert, <clears throat> excuse me, in women. And he will he will agree with me on this, that men are constantly, I mean, I remember back, I was in Kansas City, this is also, this would be late 70s, the book that changed the way everybody thought about and talked about rape was a book written by Susan Brown Miller. And the primary point in her book was that rape had nothing to do with sex. That it was one thing, a total act of brutal power. That's all it was. It had nothing to do with sex. It was just an expression of total wanton, undiluted power. So, women, where I lived in Kansas City, all over town were reading that book. And if you wanted to have a second date with somebody, you better read the book yourself. If you're a guy, you better go out, you better be conversant in the book. A lot of guys are going out and buying the book, finding out what they were supposed to agree with in the book, and then telling women they were dating. Oh, yeah, this Brown Willer woman, that's exactly right. I never thought it's about sex. This is just what men do, folks. Men, for the most part. And this is what women don't like. Women want somebody sure of himself. She just sort of sit on there, somebody masculine, somebody confident. They don't want some wuss out there. But... Men have been so beaten up in TV shows and books and movies and so forth that they're literally convinced, the modern era, the modern age, college age, men are convinced that uh, in their natural state, they're unattractive. What? What? Yes, what? Oh, yeah. That pendulum always swings. Yes, the pendulum will swing because... Again, the women who are in charge of the pendulum are going to get tired of the options it's producing for them. Well, this woman said she had to go into the find a guy in her in his forties to marry. Now that's fine and dandy if she, I'm sure she's happy, but um, that's yeah, I got to take a break. I just saw the clock. I'm way long here, folks. You hang on. We'll be right back. Greetings, my friends. Welcome back. Rush Limbaugh emitting vocal vibrations coast to coast. The daily presidential tracking poll from Rasmussen reports. 53% of likely U.S. voters approve of the job President Trump is doing. 46% disapprove. In addition, in addition to the job approval poll, Rasmussen now has Trump up by seven. That is a new record. Even the New York Times has Trump up and near even in Maine and North Carolina. There was a story I didn't get to yesterday. 
a column written by Corey Lewandowski, who was one of the uh, campaign managers of the first campaign. He said, everybody's missing what's going on. Everybody's looking at the states that Trump won in 2016. There's a whole slew of different states this time around that Trump is going to win where he's leading. He may not need some of the states that he won in 2016. And everybody's missing it because everybody can't get out of the past. Everybody thinks that he's if he won Wisconsin in 2016, he's got to win it again. If he won Florida, he's got to win it again. And Lewandowski's point, no, that's not how Trump's looking at it, not how the campaign is looking at it. I, I think, I really, and this is just a, a setup here because I want to have much more on this. In fact, I promise I'll open the next hour with this, my, my current assessment. But I think there is a 60-40 chance now that Trump wins this if he keeps working on these foreign policy coups. Can you imagine if he's able to announce Saudi Arabia joining the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain in the peace deal with Israel? If he continues to attack Biden's seclusion, the rope-a-dope seclusion, and lets the news cycle play out on the virus, just let it go. Whatever the news cycle of the virus is going to be, don't try to influence, just let it go. You know, the quarantine, rioting, let it play out. Trump could end up sweeping these purple states by two to four points. He could win a huge electoral college landslide, the way things are setting up here. Now, you're not going to hear anybody say this because they're not looking at the current campaign. They're comparing Trump to 2016, which is dumb. It's stupid. They're not running the 2016 campaign again. I'll tell you something else. These these bombshells that happen every two to three days or every week, they're having less effect on him. That that rally last night, you wouldn't know that he's under slanderous impugnment every day. He was on fire. He was in the zone. The Woodward and Goldberg hysterias, they lasted a half hour and they're gone. And I think they're vaccinating Trump against any more of these things. They're rendering him unaffected by whatever the next ones are going to be. 16 people asked Biden questions last night to see it in town hall. 13 of them, over 80 percent, were Democrats. Only three were self-identified as Republicans. And that's even highly doubtful. Sit tight. We're coming right back. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. 
For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hi, welcome back. Rush Limbaugh, great to have you with us. It is Friday, my friends, and that means... Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday! Open Line Friday, whatever you want to talk about, that's what we talk about. Even if I don't care about it, even if I don't understand it, even if it makes no sense whatsoever to me, we will talk about it if you want to. That is the best explanation that I can give you for what Open Line Friday is. So you might want to make a game out of it. What is it that Rush doesn't want to talk about? And let's ask him. You never know. You might strike gold. The telephone number is 800-282-2882. Email address lrushbow at eibnet.us. Let me pick up where I left off. I want to give you my assessment of where we are now. It's only fair because I know I scared everybody earlier in the week. And I intended, I didn't mean to scare everybody, but I meant to be honest with you. I I do think if we lose this, that we are so dangerously close to losing a two-party democratic system. Because this is what the left is after. It's not not that we're going to be in such bad shape. It's just going to happen. The left is moving for this. I've been trying to warn everybody for 20 years. They resent the heck out of elections and they are going to move everything they can in the direction where elections are not relevant. Not that we're not going to have them, just that they're not going to lose them. And that and it's it's uh, it's like they have elections in California. but Everybody knows the Republicans don't stand a prayer other than in the odd district here or there. But in terms of 
uh, amassing power to run the state, same thing in New York, isn't going to happen. And it doesn't look like anything on the horizon to change that. But it's not just it's not just elections. It is the absolute acquisition and usage of power. And I went through that earlier this week, and I can understand how unsettling it was. So I want to I want to continue with my assessment of uh, of where things are. And I think this is a I kind of hurried through this because we were running out of time. But, you know, I made the point every day, every week, every two to three days, there's some brand new scandal, some brand new thing Trump supposedly did that nobody knew about the day before. And it's earth shattering and it's disqualifying and it is outrageous. And it's, of course, after four years, there can't be anything like that out there. So it's all made up. So we have, you know, we, we had the Atlantic story where Trump says of dead and buried soldiers that they're jokers and losers. It didn't work. They're still out there pushing it. But it, it had a, a half-life of a half hour. The Bob Woodward bombshells were not bombshells, and they didn't have a lifespan long enough to have any deleterious effect on Trump. But each one of those happened as though nothing had happened the day before. As though we were all trucking along and having our good times. And all of a sudden, we learned something really outrageous about our president. The problem is, we've been learning something outrageous about our president every two to three days for four years. And the American people are out of energy for it all. It doesn't stop the Democrats or the media. But I think that these every two to three day bombshells are now having less effect on Trump. That town hall last night, the rally last night, I mean, that was that was best bit of evidence that you could see. He is energized, folks. He is in the zone. Something is going on behind the scenes that is making President Trump happy. He could not have done that rally last night were he not happy. He couldn't have acted it out. Remember the rally in Tulsa? The first rally after COVID hit? Remember that rally? We were told that a million people had requested uh, tickets. But that there weren't going to be anywhere near that many because of the virus. And then the night comes of the rally and there are 6,000 people. And you can tell when Trump came out, when he was introduced, that he was mad as hell that whoever in his handler group had allowed that to happen, however it did. And you can tell he was distracted. He was not happy. He put on a yeoman performance. I'm just telling you that when something's really got him ticked off, you know about it. And nothing has him ticked off right now. He is... Going through these these bombshell minefields effortlessly, and I think that they are almost they're providing like a uh, an immunity, a vaccination against any more of these October surprises to come. I think because, folks, seriously, whenever these things do come, it's it's as though nothing happened the day before. But the problem is that 
everything happened the day before for four years. And none of it's ever amounted to anything. I'm talking to more people who are going out and buying guns. And I'm hearing from these people that there is a backlog in California. There is a six-month backlog to go through the vetting process to get a gun. You look at the TV audiences for the NBA, their playoffs, their whatever they're doing in Orlando. Record lows. Democrats uh, seem like they're shifting to talking about ways to reverse an election day loss by mail-ins. The Democrats are now conceiving that, and they're warning their voters, hey, look, on election night, it might look like Trump has won in a landslide, but don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, because the mail-in ballots and the absentees will be yet to come. But they are concerned. They're now talking about ways to reverse an election day landslide loss that they're conceding. Remember they said 1980. I love remembering these things. 1980, Renaldus Magnus against Jimmy Carter. Renaldus Magnus was down seven in the Gallup poll in late summer. Bush... George H.W. Bush, 1988, was down by 17 points to Beetle Bailey in August. The loser, Dukakis. People have forgotten Dukakis up by 17. Then he had the picture taken in the helmet and tank. Beetle Bailey, that was it. Bush had a great convention. So here's Reagan overcoming a seven-point deficit. George H.W. Bush overcoming a 17-point gap in August. The American people are, oh, strange people. American people open-minded. They'll say anything to pollsters. But I think that we all reach a saturation point with the craziness. And all of us at differing times, but relatively close together, we all end up saying, ah, that's it. I'm fed up with all this. Or, that's it. I've had it. That's it. I don't care anymore what they're saying about Trump. That moment is going to happen with countless millions. For for Jimmy Carter, it was the debate and the Iran hostages and his failed rescue mission. For Dukakis, it was the Atwater ads, the Willie Horton ads, and the picture of him wearing a Beetle Bailey helmet in the tank. For Joe Biden, it is cognitive disabilities. His complete lack of any response to Trump's record. Do you realize Biden doesn't have a single refutation of Trump's record prior to COVID-19? Do you realize that Biden offers no details of what he would do any differently in the Middle East? He offers no details of what he would do differently on COVID, lockdowns. And when he tries to, like the riots, it ended up being a boomerang. And now he's actually, Snurdly, did you see this? He is actually re-running the lie about Neil Kinnock that got him thrown out 
of the presidential sweepstakes in 1988. This is further evidence to me of cognitive disabilities. He literally stole the story of a UK Labour Party leader named Neil Kinnock. He literally stole it. Word for word, almost verbatim, item for item, and tried to get away with telling the Neil Kinnock story as though it had happened to him, Joe Biden. He got called out on it, and he had to He's reviving the story. He is, he's, 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 uh, he's bringing it back. There's something not right uh, about that. So I, I think that there's there's all kinds of signs here, independent of and outside the broadcast parameters of CNN and the New York Times, PSNBC, PM, PMSNBC. I'm t- folks, I, I'll just tell you, I and I, I'm I'm I got to be very careful. I I, I don't want to say this too loud. And I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say this uh, as though it's etched in concrete. I'm just getting the feeling that we're watching Trump on the verge of busting this open. And now a lot of this is from his last two rallies. They have just been the best ever, and it requires a certain mindset, an attitudinal place to be able to do what he's doing here. Now, the polls are all showing gradual Trump gains, and I think, you know, I think these polls are bogus, and I think six months ago polls, four months ago polls, showing Biden up 10, up 10, 8, up 12. I've never put a lot of stock in them, but we're getting to the point now where the pollsters have to worry about their reputations. Now the polls are tightening, aren't they? We got record gun sales going on. I mean, in California, six-month backlog in a blue state where they hate guns. The NBA attendance is very All of these things associated with black lives. Black Lives Matter is falling apart in certain areas of the country. Support for Black Lives Matter falling apart in certain areas of the country, including new stuff today that I'll have details for you as the program unfolds. We get Biden's increasing dementia, the changing news cycle. The virus is waning. The public is turning against the violence. They're about had it. You know, the deputies being shot in Compton, every everything has a breaking point. I would hope that the American people's breaking point with rioting and looting and the destruction of private property would have happened months ago, but regardless, it 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 has a breaking point, and I think the attempted murder of the two sheriff's deputies in Compton on Saturday had a silent impact. The Democrats will miss it. The media will miss it. I'm not. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, and I'm going to tell Coco not to publish much of this. At RushLimbaugh.com. I'm just sharing this stuff between you and me right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump pulls off a 
big electoral college win. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not predicting it, but I wouldn't be surprised. He's going to win some states that nobody's paying any attention to. Maine, like Lewandowski said in his piece yesterday, everybody's focused on Trump having to repeat what he did in 2016. The Trump people are not that narrow-minded. There's more than one way, the 270 electoral votes. They've looked at them all. And it's four years since the last election. Who is to say that the route is the same? may be totally different, may require better performance in other states. It may be states where you're doing really well today that you weren't doing as well in four years ago. This is what they're open to, and this is what they're looking at. Minnesota could be a state that's in play, for example. And if some of these states are in play, he could surpass the 2016 Electoral College lead that he has. And here's the thing about Biden and his people. They don't know how to stop the momentum. They really don't. They've tried bringing plugs out of the basement. They've tried uh, taking plugs to places that, uh, that, that Trump has been. But everything they've tried designed to, to derail Trump has failed And the reason you know it's failed is because Biden has to come out of the basement. They would much rather be able to derail Trump with the media. But they've been trying that for four years. It hasn't worked. So Biden has to come out of the basement. The big left-wing money and media. And these are the people that are running a Democrat party. I've been asking you know, all these many past weeks. Folks, who is it that's pulling the strings behind the Biden camp? Well, we know who they are. We know who the people are, ladies and gentlemen. The socialists that are running the Biden campaign are all the big money. Not just George Soros. Not just Tom Steyer. Not just Doomberg. Silicon Valley people. Wall Street people. Almost all of the Fortune 500... Do you know even the Walton family has been giving big to Biden? And I'm telling you, this is all about China. I got to take a break. I hate to interrupt myself, but never mind, because I never lose my place. So hang on. I'm going to interrupt myself here, even though I'm in the middle of a roll here. I want to get back to the phones, because we invite people. I, I, I resent... Not res- I, I, it bothers me that people are on hold for so long. So let's uh, do something about it. St. Simons Island, Georgia. Arnold, great to have you. Hi. Thank you. I wanted to let you know that I'm glad that you brought up again with uh, this commercial and everything else that Biden has been playing on people's emotions, bringing up his dead family. That's that's one of the most vile, disgusting things I've ever seen. And I think he's lost the people were in between not knowing what they, who they want to vote for. He does it all the time. It's, it's disgusting. Just disgusting. What, what offends you about it? Or by it? The fact that he brings up his dead family to try to get some... Well, the point that I was making, he brings up his dead. In this case, uh, he, he tried to, to, to say that his, his son uh, died in part serving in the military, but he didn't. He died of cancer six years after he had served in the military. He tried to link the two. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, I don't know who's putting him up to these things, but they're going the wrong way, and I'm glad they keep they keep doing it. 
He talks about his uh, his first wife and the uh, automobile accident a lot. Exactly, uh, and they have that picture of him in the hospital. That that's just disgusting. Well, that's I mean, how I mean, they're trying to use empathy and caring and to. Well, it's not working. Not in Georgia. Well, it's not supposed to work on you. It's supposed to work on suburban college educated women. Well, I don't know about them. But <laughs> I just don't. Well, that's what I'm. You, you, you can sit there and say, I'm glad you're talking about it. But the target for that approach is women, of which you obviously are not one. So uh, just so you know, it may be bothering the heck out of you, and it, it may be beneath it. May, you may think that it's really low class to do that. But it could be resonating with the target audience. Hi, welcome back. It's great to have you. El Rushbo behind the golden EIB microphone. You know, at, at Trump's rally last night, he was uh, he was in rural Wisconsin. It was the middle part of the state. And during Hannity's hour, when they uh, telecast, they came away from the rally for a couple of minutes. They had Reince Priebus, who's a Wisconsin uh, resident. And Reince Priebus pointed out that what is happening in Wisconsin doesn't happen. Um, that Trump is experiencing a resurgence in rural Wisconsin, surging in areas that generally don't surge uh, either at all or this late in the game or for Republicans. If I understood him correctly, it was making a big deal out of the resurgence in rural Wisconsin for Trump. That is occurring as we speak. Uh, People in Bradley, Wisconsin, tell you that the riots there uh, turned off the the, uh, 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 Kenosha riots and so forth. It really turned off suburban voters to Biden. But the thing is, and I keep harping on this because it matters. I said yesterday, I checked my email. A lot of people thought, well, Rush, I never thought of it this way. I'm not sure you're right about that. I claimed that the most enthusiastic voter in America today is the Trump voter. To me, there's no question about it. It's not even close And you can pick any Democrat you want. There isn't anywhere near the enthusiasm for any Democrat. Uh, AOC, Gavin Newsom, John Kasich. Take your pick of any Democrat out there. They can't lay claim to anywhere near the enthusiasm that Trump has. And this includes Biden. There is zero enthusiasm for Biden. Biden is benefiting. From one thing, he's the guy with the big D next to his name on the ballot. And there is party loyalty out the wazoo, but there isn't enthusiasm. Hillary Clinton didn't have anywhere near the enthusiasm that people believed that she had. And I'll grant that she had more than Biden does. Kamala Harris doesn't have any, folks. Kamala Harris, where is she? She's not drawing flies. She's not drawing crowds. They're even trying to make fashion statements. She'll go out and wear a pair of boots. 
that Melania Trump wore a couple months ago, and they attacked Melania Trump for wearing boots. They were no class. She's got no business. That's yucko. Here, Kamala Harris shows up wearing the exact same things, and she's making a fashion statement. It's Michelle Obama all over again. But Biden is not generating any enthusiasm, doesn't have any. Neither does Kamala Harris. This stuff matters. It matters to how people vote and how many people vote, particularly on Election Day. Turnout. Like I said, the shooting of the sheriff's deputies in Compton, that's the kind of thing that can have a huge impact that people like the media will totally miss, not even notice it. Look at the attorney general, Mr. Barr. He is loaded for bear out there. He is fit to be tied over what is happening to the the whole concept of justice in this country. But I want to go back to this Biden and enthusiasm business for just one minute, because it's always been true. There hasn't been any enthusiasm for any of the 23 people who ran, folks. If there had been we wouldn't have ended up with Biden and Kamala Harris. Now, I've been making a big deal. We really need to know who it is that's running Biden and his campaign. Who are these invisible people that will be the power? They're not showing up. They're not putting their face in front of us. They're not raising money. They're not campaigning. They're not making statements. They're being allowed to hide and run a stealth campaign, and nobody knows who they are, but we do. When you get right down it, we know who they are, folks. The socialists now are the big money. And it isn't just George Soros. I got there's a controversy, I guess, that happened on Fox News a couple of days ago. Newt Gingrich brought up George Soros, or Melissa Francis brought up George Soros. Somebody said, Shut up about George Soros. You can't bring up George Soros. I mean, somebody would I, I don't remember specifically what it was. But a lot of people said, that's not fair. What do you mean you can't talk about George? Look, George Soros is George Soros, and he's a big-time Democrat fundraiser donor. But there are more than him. You know, Bloomberg sent a $100 million in Florida. These people are just... It's not so much they hate Trump. They're scared to death of Trump. And much of it has to do with uh, with China. Same thing with Silicon Valley. The people in big tech, they are in bed with China in ways you would not believe. Wall Street firms have very close relationships with the Chicoms. Almost all of the Fortune 500 families, I mean, even the Walton family, is giving money to Biden. And big. They're also spreading it around to Republicans, too, but they are also making sure that they are covering themselves with uh, with Biden. Now, for some of these people, it's to make sure that Chinese investments keep coming. For some of them, they're just lunatic, unhinged energy fanatics. Some are terrified that Trump is going to end up regulating big tech. But I think most of it is angry, left-wing, rich people who realize nobody's listening to them. 
and they have zero access now. It's kind of like the never Trumpers. You look at the wealthy, rich people that ran for the Democrat nomination, and they were among the first to be waved goodbye to. Tom Steyer, nobody cares. This guy's dumped how many billions into green energy, political campaigns. This guy is, for all intents and purposes, outside of his immediate circle, he's a joke. He literally thought that he could be swept to the nomination out of gratitude for all he's done for green energy. Nope, he's not a big enough celebrity for the Democrats. He looks too much like a geek. Well, you don't tell Tom Steyer that he doesn't matter. So Tom Steyer, I'll guarantee you Tom Steyer is with Bernie Sanders and they are together running the Biden campaign. But it isn't just Tom Steyer. There's all kinds of these wealthy, rich people who realize nobody's listening. Do you realize that's one of the problems that ever Trumpers had? They realized that Trump gets elected. Nobody's listening to them. They're out there for the entirety of the 2016 campaign. And they believe that they are the intellectual fuel behind the conservative movement, the Republican Party. They then believe that they can kill the Trump campaign. By simply urging people not to support Trump. These people in the Never Trumper intellectual conservative movement, the Bill Crystals and these magazine types, they literally believed that you and I all thought that they were the brains behind our so-called movement. That they and they alone were able to move conservatism forward. They and they alone were able to give it energy, to give it pizzazz. They and they alone were able to force it into policy and so forth. They had no clue how irrelevant they were. You got all these. Now you've got the thing. You've got Bolton writing a book. All these supposed conservatives who are really nothing but beggars. What do you mean by that? They're running around asking people for money. Antithesis of conservatism. Seeking donors. I mean, even for their magazines, they have to go out and they have to find Mr. Moneybags to underwrite them. There isn't anything in the meritocracy of the never-Trumpers that, that can independently support them. But they believe that they were the intellectual force. So they're lining up there hating Trump because Trump represents a threat. Trump represents a lot of threats to them. So they immediately target Trump as unacceptable. His manners, his mannerisms, his uh, character or lack thereof, his uh, lack of qualification, his hair, his orange makeup. His, his yuck. And Trump still led the entire field, almost the entire campaign, and they were not listened to. They were totally ignored, and it drove them crazy. And it's continuing to drive them crazy. As such, they've got zero access now. Trump doesn't give a rat's rear end what they think. He doesn't care to seek their advice. And it's the same thing on the left with some of these rich socialists the Democrats were happy to take their money, but that was it. Well, now they've gotten their way. 
and found their place somewhere invisible in the nooks and crannies of the Biden campaign. And they, along with Crazy Bernie, are running it. You know, ego is a big thing with these people, folks. Ego's a big, big thing with our never-Trumpers. They were doomed by their egos because their egos told them things that were not true about how popular they were, how respected they were, how important they were. They ultimately found out that most people didn't care who they are and that most people were not impressed with whatever impresses themselves about themselves. But it's zero access. It's about not being listened to. It's about being ignored. These really rich people on the left, though, these people are dangerous. They're going to give tons of money. People like Steve Jobs' widow... Using, you know, she bought the Atlantic, the magazine. She bought it as a vehicle to do hit pieces against Republicans and against against Trump. Loreen Powell Jobs is her name. And you've got the Lincoln Project. You've got Bloomberg and his $100 million in Florida. If Trump wins, these people are going to go berserk because they think they're dealing with a moron and a buffoon who ought to be easy to defeat. They thought they owned Hillary and they were going to go full Green Deal and outdo Obama and they would have except Hillary lost and now it looks like Biden's in trouble. There's panic breaking out all over the left right now. Meeting and surpassing all audience expectations every day. Rush Limbaugh to the phones. We return Chris in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm glad you waited and you are next. Hello. Hey, Rush. How's it going? Hey, uh, one thing I'm real sick of, I'm sick of the Democrats thinking that the American public are stupid enough to believe their lies again, bringing out these people out from the woodwork. Oh, uh, sexual abuse uh, uh, claim from 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, okay, against Trump. Where was that uh, four years ago? Where was that even longer ago? You know, it's all fake bullcrap, and we learned from the Kavanaugh situation with Christine Blasey Ford, who uh, I have suspicions it was actually Amy Schumer wearing, you know, Hollywood match, Hollywood makeup. But, uh, you know, I, I digress. You know, we're not, we're done. We're done believing their lives. We're not going to anymore. And Trump was the, uh, the primest example of that, that the uh, American public were fed up with Democrat lies. Well, I'm glad you called because you're, you're, you're making the point that I have. I, I've actually been I've been bumbling and stumbling trying to get there. Uh, and you've just you've just made it for me. All this stuff. Where was it all these years ago? If Trump has done all this stuff, you're learning about it today. Why would why didn't we know it yesterday? Why did we know it two years ago? Why did we know it five years ago when it happened? Why didn't we know about it twenty years ago? They just keep surfacing all of this stuff, and what what old uh, Chris here is telling us, he doesn't believe any of it, and that's very wise. None of it is worth the trouble of believing it. If it were this stuff. Why didn't any of this stuff happen in the 2016 campaign? 
Oh, because they had enough, they thought. They had the Access Hollywood video. They had uh, they had a, the Russians, of course, and the Russians are still front and center uh, about with, with what they're trying to do here. So that's that really is the point. That's what I've been trying to say. When I say every day, every week, there's this new blockbuster, as though nothing happened last week, as though it's just coming out of out of nowhere. And what he's saying is they have run out of energy to believe any of it, and they aren't believing any of it because none of it passes the common sense test. Christine in Thousand Oaks, California. Great to have you. You're next. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to talk to you. I have got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. You're really good at how people speak, and I'm wondering why the Democrats and the liberals have a certain speech pattern. Um, if they're going to say something as a definitive statement, it comes out as a question. There's always an upturn on the end of every sentence. Uh, it's very annoying, and I don't know why they do that. They also overuse the word literally, probably, and pretty much. And I just wanted to know from you why you think that is. Uh, can you give me an example of the, the speech pattern that you hear them engaging in? If I'm going to ask you if you'd like a piece of cake, I would say... Rush, would you like a piece of cake? Mm-hmm. And there's like a little song that goes there with an upturned tune at the end. Now, when I hear Democrats and liberals speaking, even if it's statements, it's always this little sing-song thing that they seem to do, which is very telling before they even get to any point that they are a Democrat or liberal, along with the speech pattern of overly using the words literally, probably, and pretty much. And I don't understand why they all seem to do that. Okay, I'm still not sure what you hear them doing. I need you to imitate this for me. I need you to, to show me. Okay, like, like I was saying, um, uh, like, do you want a piece of cake? And it goes up, like two, two octaves up at the end of every Well, sentence. now, th- this is a technique that we first noticed that was widely used by Christine Balsey Ford and when during the Kavanaugh hearings. And it it is called ending with the up tick, and it's designed to show vulnerability and fear. Yeah, I went way long there, folks, way past the boundaries, so much so that there's no time here to do anything. So make it up to you in the next hour. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com buck. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. 
He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. You are tuned to the most listened to radio talk show in America. Our projections using our own modeling techniques, our computer modeling projections. We are now able to project an audience, weekly audience, of 62.7 million people. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday. Those are our projections, our modeling projections based on what we all know to be true. 62.7 million people in a week. What what is what is the look on you? Oh, no, that kind of growth has never been seen before anywhere in media. No, never, never been this kind of growth. Never. And thank God for the modeling, uh, the computer modeling, or we might not ever see that kind of growth. Anyway, uh, folks, great to have you with us. One hour of Open Line Friday remains. I mentioned earlier a column by Lee Smith. Lee Smith has done uh, tremendous work. Uh, he writes at many places, published at many places. One of them is called Tablets, a website magazine. He was among the first, working with Devin Nunes, uh, Victor Davis Hanson. A number of these people really blew the lid off of this James Comey, FBI, CIA-led coup attempt. The phony allegations that Trump had colluded with Russia had successfully stolen the 2016 election. Well, Mr. Smith is back because it still hasn't been fully explained in his mind, and he has continued to investigate it. 
because there is so much of this that still doesn't make sense. For example, this irrational hatred of Donald Trump, it can be explained up to a point, but beyond that point, it's senseless. How how does it survive? How does this hatred for Trump hold its passion, its energy? How do they not fizzle out? Uh, most people's emotional reservoirs are not capable of what these people are exhibiting toward Donald Trump. So one of the one of the theorems is that this is about more than hate for Donald Trump. It's about it's about more than just inside elitism versus outside. It's about more than just the deep state trying to hold on to its druthers and Trump being an outsider upsetting the apple cart. It's got to be more because it's irrational under those criteria. It, none of this makes any sense in, in, in rational analysis. Nobody has hated this much. Now, I will say that I think the failure, these people are all very powerful and they're all very aware of their power. They're all convinced, for example, that they have the power to get rid of anybody, to ruin anybody that they want. And they have failed to lay a glove in the real world on Donald Trump. Up until the virus, he was implementing his agenda and and setting records with wage increases, unemployment, uh, the labor force participation rate, tax cuts. He was setting records. Then the virus hits. These people are frustrated to no end. They haven't been able to get rid of him. So that would that would explain some, but not all. So Mr. Smith believes that there's something else driving this. In addition, it is a long piece. We're going to link to it at RushLimbaugh.com. We probably already have. It's well, well worth reading um, if you have any interest in journalism or the lack uh, thereof. But I think what this really means, if you read the piece, it means that there's more than hatred for Trump. There is also a great fear. And this fear is not personal to Trump. It would be, it would exist if anybody was doing what Trump is doing. Relation to China. This piece makes the point that the American elite today should be properly named the China class. They have essentially given United States sovereignty and, and, and the power that they have over American sovereignty. They've given it away to China in exchange for personal wealth, incredible personal wealth. They are thus afraid of what Trump can destroy, i.e., them and their families being set for the rest of their lives. They are afraid of what Trump will be able to expose. They are afraid of what Trump will be able to explain about James Mad Dog Mattis. 
what Trump knows about Stanley McChrystal, what he knows about a number of these people who have sold out to China, including tech overlords, they're scared to death what Trump has learned as this has all gone on. Now, the piece does not address is what or how, other than Trump, we get rid of this group. How do we overturn them? How do we render them meaningless? Massively rich group of people that had no money. They they earned whatever they earned in the military. Then they got on boards of directors after they retired. Then they got a percentage of military contracts that they got themselves in the middle of. But up until that, these people lived on government salaries. They, they, they had no money, and they wanted money because everybody they dealt with had money, like the Clintons. And the reason they got into Whitewater, they got sick and tired. Everybody they know was filthy rich, and they didn't even have enough money to go on a ski weekend to Aspen unless Jeffrey Epstein took them along. So these people that we're talking about, they want the kind of money that they will never be able to earn. And they got it from China. Let me give you some pull quotes from the story. Calling out the American elite for betraying American interests in the service of their own personal and corporate bottom lines helped Donald Trump win the presidency. The American elite's financial relationship with China is the key to understanding what's been happening in America the past four years. Any president, Democrat or Republican, who took on China would have been targeted by these people in the China class, just as Trump has been. Because it was Trump flying the Republican banner who sided with America's working men and women. The Democrats resorted to alliances with powers that now threaten the stability and security of the country. Trump has been talking about taking on China since long before he was elected, long before he even ran for office. And it explains the hatred these people have had for Trump since day one. Trump sought to decouple the United States from the Chinese Communist Party that America's China class has waged a relentless campaign of information warfare against him through its social media and prestige media brands. They've been doing everything they can to destroy him while he has sought to decouple the U.S. from these Chinese arrangements and thereby imperiling these people. Consider the last two anti-Trump info ups. He gratuitously denigrated the historical suffering of African Americans, and he expressed contempt for America's war dead. These are the sort of false allegations that political operatives are instructed to manufacture and disseminate during election season. Their purpose is to reinforce a negative impression of the opposing party among whatever cohort is being addressed and to make the target spend money on defense. This is politics 101 since the time of the Romans. What's new 
is that this is now journalism, too. Since the Internet defunded the press at the end of the 20th century, you know what that means? Since the Internet came along and offered news for free, that was the end. That, that, that's, that's how the press was defunded. Social media became the dominant player in America's information space. Journalism thus has abandoned the traditional standards and practices that once defined it. For instance, the smear holding that Trump is contemptuous of the military. That was based on four anonymous sources recalling exchanges from three years ago which have been contradicted by dozens of named sources. Nineteen of them have said this is BS. Some of whom were there when this didn't happen and have said it didn't happen. In traditional journalistic terms, then, it's not a news story. It's a failed attack line. And they continue with it, even though it has been blown to smithereens. American journalists who now draw their paychecks directly and indirectly from the country's largest economic interest, Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, they are now turning the public sphere into a phantasmagoria of conspiracy theories and hysteria to submit the Politburo's position and privilege. It, it Look, it's a long piece. And it names names. Former highly respected military people like James Mad Dog Mattis, Stanley McChrystal. The piece literally accuses them of enriching themselves via favorable policies at the expense of United States interests, national interests, and sovereignty. And here comes Donald Trump. Out of the blue, running for the presidency. Nobody thinks he's going to win, and he does. And who is his target? The Chicoms. He's going to redo trade deals. He's going to make sure that China does not have the advantage over the United States that these people gave it. America has been sold out to the Chicoms by a bunch of so called American patriots. And Trump has come along and said, no more, not under my watch is this going to happen. We're going to make America great again. And then we're going to keep America great. Well, what that means to these people is that the advantages the Chinese now have built in are going to be erased, and there's going to be a flat-out competition for it. And these people are not going to have the access to things in America beneficial to the Chinese because Trump knows who they are and is not going to let them have free reign. And it's explained, the piece explains how this is all happening, how it did happen, how it was organized and structured. For example, when Jeff Bezos, or Bezos, however he pronounces it, when he bought the Washington Post... And by extension, the Bob Woodward brand, when he bought those two things in 2013, he had no more idea than Vladimir Putin did that Donald Trump would one day sit in the Oval Office. 
Bezos bought the Washington Post and the Bob Woodward brand for the same reason Lorene Powell Jobs picked up the Atlantic. To defend the tech industry, to defend their own businesses and the political arrangements with China's manufacturing base that drive their profits to protect them from any political interference. Well, look at Google. Google will allow themselves to be censored in their search engine by anything the Chinese demand. Apple. If the Chinese say, you can't sell that app, Apple says, fine, we will abide by your law. If the Chinese tell Amazon whatever they tell Amazon, Amazon will go along with whatever the Chinese say. Now, the Chinese have bought this. You know, a lot of these people, do, do, do any of you remember the uh, this bogus medical operation called Theranos and the woman behind it named Elizabeth Holmes? You would not believe some of the people who invested in that and who ended up on her board of directors and who ended up being made billionaires before it was exposed as the fraud. You would not believe the names. They are named in this piece. Some of them involved with the Hoover Institution in California. I mean, it's just, it's... So the bottom line is, folks, that, yeah, there's hatred for Trump for all the reasons that you've thought, no, but it's not enough to sustain this operation against him, that there's real money, lifestyle, futures at stake, and that it is fear of the guy and what he may succeed in doing that has them out of their gourds. Let's take a brief break and we'll continue after this. No, I didn't. I didn't forget the woman that called and wanted to know about Democrat speech patterns. I just I didn't quite understand. I, I thought she was asking me why all Democrats speak that way, and I'm not aware that they do. So, you know, I was done in by the fact that I'm Mr. Literal. And if when she said, but the Democrats speak this way, and, and, and they all don't. So I got, what is she really asking me here? Uh, the reason for the uptick, like Christine Balsey Ford, I am so sorry. I I didn't I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I, it was so I I was so scared. Oh, I, that is an affected, purposefully uh, created way of speaking that's designed to make you appear weak and vulnerable and and a victim, which is what she wanted to accomplish. She wanted to make herself look like she was barely able to get out of bed now because of what Kavanaugh did to her. Now, there are a lot of women who affect that way. Some people call them valley girls. Um, I have heard Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez occasionally affect that mode of speech. I don't hear very many men do it. So I don't that's another thing. I I, I wasn't sure if she was including men in the um, example. But the reason for it is to portray yourself as a victim. The people you 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 you're generally trying to make it look like you're being so traumatized by whatever you claim happened to you that you've been affected for the rest of your life by it. I don't just so sad 
it happened. I very. It was. I just. I, the mirror scares me. You know. I've. In her case, we understood that. So. But it's it's purpose again is to is to make whoever's out speaking that way have to be a victim and helpless and what have you. Wendy in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hi, great to have you. Hi, Rush. Mega Dittos. Thank you. Um, I have a question about a commercial that's running in this area. It says that Trump is making changes to the Social Security tax that will bankrupt it by 2023, I believe, is the year they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not sure that that's true. Uh, if it's a Democrat ad, the odds that it's not true are well over 85 and 90 percent. Could you, could you explain uh, why do you think Donald Trump or anybody else would create a policy that would bankrupt Social Security? I don't believe he would, but it's continually running. And I heard something that he was going to um, give employers a break from Social Security because of COVID for a period. But they're making it sound like it's a permanent change that will definitely bankrupt the, the Social Security. Uh so you're 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 worried that other people are going to believe this, uh, which is the common thing that I deal with here. I, I okay, well, I got to take a break. I just see the clock. We'll be back here in just a second. It's open line Friday. Rush Limbaugh on the Excellence in Broadcasting Network. Uh, look, folks, the Republican Party has been accused of cutting Social Security. I'm I'm uh, approaching seventy. And they have been accused of wanting to cut Social Security for longer than I've been alive. They've never cut Social Security. Nobody has ever cut Social Security. Nobody has ever eliminated it. Nobody's ever even tried. We're not going to try now. Nobody is going to eliminate Social Security. If the Democrats are running ads, it just means they've run out of things to accuse the Republicans of because it's not going to happen. And if you're worried that people are going to fall for it, they probably will. It's a generational thing. But the target audience isn't going to fall for it. Seasoned citizens, they know that it's never happened. It's one of the reasons why the Democrats gave up leveling the allegation for a long time. But they brought back some 77-year-old guy. That's all he knows is this kind of stuff to accuse Republicans of. You know, Trump says some really... uh, Intriguing things about this guy's been in Washington 47 years. This guy, whatever he complains about going on in Washington, whatever he complains about going on in America, this guy has been in Washington 47 years. Why hasn't it, whatever it has been dealt with? This guy was vice president for Barack Hussein O for eight years, from 2009 to 2017. Why hasn't any of the stuff he's complaining about been dealt with? Why didn't he and Obama realize that there was a virus lurking in China ready to come to the United States? Why didn't they? I mean, this thing's been percolating out there in the wet markets. Why didn't they realize all of these calamities 
How is it that Donald Trump was able to revive the United States economy in ways that Barack Obama said were impossible? John Kerry said that peace in the Middle East would never happen by leaving the Palestinians out. Donald Trump has started the peace process precisely by leaving the Palestinians out. There is a peace deal now between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Israel and Bahrain and maybe even Saudi Arabia before the election. John Kerry said, not possible. John Kerry is said to be smart. Donald Trump said to be a buffoon. Barack Obama in the campaign in 2016 in Ohio. I don't know what Trump thinks, but but uh, these jobs... I'm sorry to tell you, but they ain't coming back. I, I don't know what he's going to do. What, wave a magic wand out there, but I mean, that ain't happening. We got a new economy out there. Those jobs are gone, not coming back. Donald Trump gets elected. Manufacturing jobs in Ohio and elsewhere have been restored. Barack Obama is said to be the smartest guy ever served in the office. Donald Trump, a buffoon, hillbilly idiot. Go figure. Joe Biden's out there ripping everything Donald Trump has done. Joe Biden couldn't do 99% of what Donald Trump has done in his life. Joe Biden could not hold a candle to Trump. Mano o mano in terms of achievement, resume, accomplishment, building businesses, creating payrolls, creating wealth. Joe Biden doesn't know how except to make deals with foreign leaders where his family gets put on boards of directors in industries they have literally no experience, like his son Hunter and Burisma in Ukraine, which is an energy outfit. And Hunter Biden had no knowledge of whatsoever, so Biden was able to make his kid rich. He doesn't know the first thing about making your kid rich. He doesn't care to either. He's been in Washington 47 years. That's a lot of years to have a lot of access to fix a lot of problems. 47 years and all these problems still exist adds up to me to a hell of a lot of incompetence. A lot of wasted time. What have you been doing with those 47 years, Plugs? What do you got to show for it? Well, when uh, when Obama and I were president, we went after health care. We got health care. Yeah, you did. You're still complaining about it. If you guys fixed health care, why are you still campaigning on the premise that people need their health care improved? Why didn't you do it yourself? Why wasn't Obamacare the answer? We're, we're, we're talking about a guy who by his very... The virtue of his very campaign is admitting his own incompetence. 47 years. He ought to have a resume that nobody can compare to. He ought to have a resume that ought to make Donald Trump look like a piker. But he doesn't, does he? Because in less than four years, Donald Trump has made more of his time in Washington than Joe Biden has in 47 years. And in fact, Joe Biden's voters, his constituents, are complaining about the same things today that they were complaining about when he was first elected 47 years ago. 
African-Americans are still mad about whatever they're mad about. Hispanics are still mad. Women still mad over whatever they were mad about when he got into the business 47 years ago. How in the hell is that a resume that tells anybody he's the guy to put in charge of the United States so that the United States makes progress? Because we have not made any progress when Biden's been in position to create some. Versus Donald Trump, who's created more progress, who's made more things happen for more people in this country in three and a half years. Than Joe Biden could even dream about in 47. It's not even a contest. It isn't even fair. There isn't a single thing on the positive side of the ledger to even recommend Biden. The only thing to recommend Biden is if you are a partisan Democrat and you just hate all Republicans. But if you're one of these precious undecideds, and by the way, I've been watching you undecideds. I've been watching you people in these uh, town halls and so forth. Some of you people are flat out stupid. And I, these undecideds, they, they are credited with being the more open-minded. They don't make up their minds so quickly. They study the issues, don't you know? And they are not closed-minded bigots. No, 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 no. The undecideds, they wait for all of the data. They wait for as much input as they can get, and then they make up their minds. Well, I haven't seen all the undecideds, the ones I've seen on TV as part of the Biden town halls and some of these others. Uh, Smart is not how I would describe them. Partisan bullies, maybe. I don't, in fact... I, I, I don't believe that there are as many undecideds as the media wants you to think. We got time to squeeze one. Yes, we do. This is Casey, Sandpoint, Idaho. Hello. Hey, Rush. I want to start out by saying mega prayers and thanks for taking my call. You bet, sir. Thank you. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that one of the main concerns that I have is I believe this whole cheat by mail that the Democrats are currently pushing under the guise of covid and everything else right now to defeat donald trump this november i think it's more of a sinister plan to steal the house and the senate on top of that and that then they could effectively if they don't defeat trump push more things like impeachment they wouldn't you know trump wouldn't be allowed to nominate people to things like secretary of state supreme court nominees things wait, like wait, that I, I, they, hang on I, I need to i need to stop you because i'm not sure what, are you, did you say you have reservations about mail-in ballots is that was that not not absentee ballots mail-in ballots uh and then things like they're doing in in pittsburgh you know allowing three days after the election is closed and not verifying postmarks things like that um if they steal the House and Senate, we're not going to have things like the Judiciary Committee. We've got the Durham investigation coming up, but they can suppress things with redactions, things like that. We'll never see anything like that. Trump will only get swamp rats uh, and deep staters approved through the Supreme Court and things like that if the Democrats hold the Senate and the House, because they basically can control if they approve somebody that he nominates. Well, yeah, this is part and parcel of the... Uh, uh fear I have that they're they're winning this if they if they win the White House they're going to win the Senate and and so that that I've 
been talking about all week is going to lead us to one-party rule. You're just giving examples of how that would look. Yeah, they'd effectively neuter everything that he's running on right now um, until we could possibly get to the midterms. And then even after that, a lame duck president, he'd have a couple months to do anything that he's promised all of us. Uh, y- uh, yeah, I, my, my fear is the midterms won't matter if if uh, if they're actually able to uh, achieve this this thing that they're going for. I uh, anyway, Casey, I appreciate the call. I, I can't get caught up by the clock this time, so I got to take a break. We'll do that and be right back. Don't go away. You know, for some people, making sure that the home is locked up before leaving for work or an errand is crucial. Same routine when they retire for the night. They make sure the front door is locked, make sure the back door is locked, whatever door is locked in, and that's how you make the house secure. Now, our sponsor that provides home security, Simply Safe, knows these people and this pattern all too well. In fact, they encourage it. Yeah, lock the doors. If you feel your home is that much safer, you're a happier person. And to that extent, Simply Safe's home security systems come with a phone app that lets you check your home security system as often. Oh, I forgot to mention, you should get the Simply Safe system and not just rely on the locked doors. Of course, they support that. But what they want you to do is get the Simply Safe home security system. You know why? Because they've taken the wires out of it, folks. That means all the complexity and much of the cost has been eliminated. So now home security is not something that is exclusive to certain income levels. You'll be amazed how much this does not cost. Simply Safe makes a home security system possible in a house, in a condo, in an apartment. It used to be never possible. You'd have to go to the landlord if you lived in in an apartment and get permission for a home security system. And the landlord never going to go for that. So you were out of luck. But with Simply Safe, you can do it because there aren't any wires. Every door, every window, every room of your home secured with a Simply Safe system. Wi-Fi is how all the sensors are connected. And then the 24-7 monitoring system uses cellular to get hold of the police or the fire department if there is a fire or a break-in of any kind. You know what? That's only $14.99 a month, not 50 a month. There are no contracts to sign, no one month, no two-year, no contracts, period, to sign. SimplySafeUSA.com. See the system online, and they have a really intriguing little offer here for you. 60-day money-back guarantee, meaning you've got two months to use this, and decide whether or not it meets your expectations. If it does, your home's your home safe. You're pretty. If it doesn't, then pack it all up and send it back. And they will refund all that you spent buying the system. So you're not out anything if it doesn't meet your expectations. The return rate is infinitesimally small. You need a, a microscope to see it. Simply safe. USA.com revolutionized home security. Now, here is uh, Colin in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. It's great to have you. Hello. Hi, Rush. It's Colleen. Colleen. Sorry about that. That's fine. Say, I was in Mosinee, Wisconsin last night for the rally, the Trump rally, and I realized 
you and he are a lot of like in many ways, but I, I just got the feeling that he loves to educate and entertain us just like you do. And I appreciate it so much. And you're both my heroes. Oh, you are you are amazingly perceptive <laughs> and you are awfully you're you're so very nice. I really appreciate that. I love you with all my heart. Well and I wish you the best. There you are especially sweet now. But no, that's that's very flattering because I'm telling you, there is nobody that can do what Donald Trump does. These, you know, I've always said about greatness and people who are great that one of the traits of greatness is they make it look easy. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's athletic prowess, if it is making a speech or keeping people enraptured and entertained for 90 minutes, whatever it is, they make it look easy. They make everybody else think they could do it too until they try it. And then you find out it isn't as easy as it looks. And Donald Trump has this ability uh, in spades. And these rallies and his ownership of them are the first things that convinced me he was going to win. Well, the first thing convinced me he could win because they were they were unique. There was nobody in either party doing anything like Trump was doing in those rallies in 2016. And furthermore, there was nobody who could. So I, I thought the crowds were getting bigger and they were engaged. There was a bond that formed between Trump and the people who showed up at these rallies, and there was nobody that was going to break that bond. The media is still trying. The Democrat Party is still trying to break that bond, and they can't. And all of that I had lived through with all of you for what at the time was about 25 years. So that's why I recognized it, and that's why I saw it for what it was. And I can't can't thank you enough because it was the fact that I've experienced it with you that I understood how unbreakably strong it was for Donald Trump. Well, that's it, folks. Another busy broadcast week is in the can. Thank you so much for, for being a part of it. Appreciate it more than you know. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back here on Monday. Revved and ready to go again. See you then. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. 
Tunnel of Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.